Was I almost just Lane Maxwelled? I would like to preface this by saying I, as an epidemiologist, understand that human trafficking, sexual violence, violence towards women, etc. are incredibly unfortunate issues in today's society. Much like coronavirus, I think the issues in society are not, in fact, getting worse. They're just merely being filmed. A popular sentiment being passed around the Twitter sphere, according to Reddit. In no way am I trying to undermine or sensationalize the severity of it. I'm just exploring the world of memoir blogging, whilst possibly risking a breach of national security and careful scolding from my biological father, should he be present in my life to have a valid influence over my decisions, and spending the excessive amount of time available for me to freely exist while spiraling myself into existential dread, with psych psychoanalysis of my self-proclaimed daddy issues. Much like how my favorite badass true crime ladies Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark of My Favorite Murder start the beginning of their live shows, I would like to reiterate that this is my written and now spoken word, and should you dislike it, you can kindly get the fuck out. The premise of this blog will essentially dive into the satirical comedy of my life as I entrench myself in exploring the volatility of my repressed memories and psychoanalytic review of the history of me. As an ENTJ, epidemiologist, celebrated athlete, biochemist, and woman, I have held many roles (laughs) within this world already, yet still I feel somewhat lost excelling in a world that was not necessarily created with me in mind and still seems so resistant to change. Thanks to a lot of hours of watching, rewatching, and then assessing The Office and The Mindy Project, I finally saw my personality reflected in pop culture. Historically, as a white, blonde-haired, blue-green-eyed, five-foot-seven athlete, I have physically been represented, for which I'm grateful though I was then confined to the roles of helpless princesses waiting for a handsome prince, the damsel in distress, the Fiona, not the Shrek, out of all of the compliments I've ever received, and believe me, not even in a braggy way, but there have been a lot, my favorite one was, you have a beautiful mind. It's difficult to get taken seriously for all of the incredibly stereotypical reality that is the magical wonder of Reese Witherspoon's Legally Blonde, when the male-dominated field of chemistry, biochemistry, and historically medicine sees the energetic eagerness of a golden retriever in human form and discards it to the side, tells it to tone it down, and tries to funnel you into a shell of who you are. A lot of boundaries are being broken around the globe lately. For better or worse, the average citizen also is arming themselves with the real financial currency of the world, intelligence. What the wealthy really buy for themselves, a premise cultivated by Amanda Seyfried and Justin Timberlake's 2011 sci-fi thriller, In Time, is just that, time. The time to not have to do the more mundane tasks of the world. The ability to afford less stress. Not so as to say the wealthy don't have stress of their own, but so they can afford to prioritize quality of life. They can afford to reflect. They can afford to enjoy life at the pace of their leisure, however fast or slow that may be. They can afford to sit and think without distraction. So in a world of thought, where does a fairly introverted skeptic who walks through life like one of the elves from Lord of the Rings but feels the inner pole of Smeagol and Gollum's cognitive dissonance fit in? 
In a world where different kinds of thought are accessible all over the world, I wanted to figure out a way to share the art that is my life that may include but isn't tied to my appearance. I'm well aware of how narcissistic this may come across, but frankly, at some point in one's life, you have to prioritize yourself. I'm 27, I'm single with no plans of changing that, living in Washington, D.C., and I trust the direction of Miley Cyrus, Beyonce, and Taylor Swift, amongst others, to put into words, visuals, and musical sequence the way I felt for years with no form of expression and the way I feel trying to healthily navigate that in a realm that finally allows us to talk about it. Not all of us come from happy homes with warmth and love. Some of us process our emotion through expression, learning from it as it comes and goes. Yet, how does one share their thoughts when their entire online presence has been, and could be, tied back to and used against knowledge of their personal identity? When they grew up thinking knowledge of even a red solo cup in a photo would ruin your chance of success. When your military family meant no social media was allowed in general due to concerns over data security. When the, when the risk of their very curious nature could also ruin their chances at their dreams. The same creativity that inspires them so artistically and has made them feel so passionately about every aspect of their life is meant to be shut off. The fluidity of events that build up to this person who's inspired should be muted, tucked away into a box of memories, and certainly never publicly acknowledged. The very reason that one is as gifted as they are should be sheltered from the world and from oneself, so that they have to float through life ever questioning in suspicious loneliness and illuminated confusion. So with that in mind, I want to create a space where I can figure out a way to express, benefit from, and inspire other like-minded individuals, but most of all individuals who may just get drawn in by one facet of me, to get insight to some stuff they may never have seen before, and maybe, just maybe, come out a little bit more educated, emotionally intelligent, reflective, whatever. It's not like I'm an egomaniac like Elon Musk or Kanye West and trying to play God with people's lives, so I figure my opinion might be a little bit more rational and maybe worth a damn. I also love logic and debate. So please understand that I, as a chronic student cycling from career to degree to career to degree, as I care to, um, having lived all over the East Coast and traveling to several states amongst the company of high-profile personnel over the years, I'm still constantly learning as I go. I think the whole point of my career as a student has not so much been the subject matter of my learning, but rather the process itself. I never want to not be learning. That being said, I have studied quite a lot. As an epidemiologist of all of the plagues that I've studied, humanity is by far the worst. Yet as a woman, an aforementioned lover of true crime, I have a sick fascination with watching the possible statistical trajectories of my life revision before me. I will be wrong, probably, most of the time, actually, but as I said, I walk through life like an elf. It's not exactly normal, so I will never admit to it um, to anyone outside of my close friend group and then any random strangers on the internet who happen to come across this blog. Thus, the birth of the study of their and my own behavior via dram dramaturgical, I don't know how to say that word, but I wrote it, 
Um, also, I am very bad at pronunciation. That's going to happen a lot. That's fine. That's why I'm practicing. <laughs> the dramaturgical... <laughs> dramaturgical... I'm going to have to look it up. Jesus. Um, the memoir <laughs> in, in the form of a modified influencer blog. Side note, why are we even criticizing influencers, brands, or celebrities of pop culture in general of not speaking up from an academic perspective? We should be championing it. The fact that some people are mad that hot girls are monetizing themselves in a capitalist economy probably has the same views my own grandpa was very vocal of, and that woman, and subsequently myself, shouldn't have the right to vote. But guess what, Grandpa? Not only can I vote, but my tastefully nude photos can be showcased on the same website as my recollections of your war stories and desperate, though incredibly cool and intriguing, search for our genealogy. We should be reaching out to, educating, and helping those very same hot girls to take an interest in and learn about the world they found themselves lucky enough to be successful in. We shouldn't mock their bright colors, catchy dances, or vulgar phrases, because cursing isn't ladylike. Telling them not to utilize a platform that allows that repressed creativity to filter through. We shouldn't funnel athletes, people who have met, interacted, and shared experiences with thousands on a national or global stage into muting their performances, resigning them to using an arm, armband or kneeling to be the only acceptable form for them to speak out in. We shouldn't stifle, stifle the voices of women in healthcare or the underrepresented in general, resulting in them feeling as if their dramatic passion must be quieted in the profession. But to understand their voices, to have access to their minds, the theory, the logic behind their choices, to really know who they are behind the scenes, the true intimacy of humanity, we must first figure out a way for it to be heard. <laughs>